Hi, everyone. I wanted to remind you of a must read. This is a book that you have to have on your bookshelf. It is called The Necktie and the Jaguar by Carl Greer. He is able to help you make important decisions, give you some guidance on which path to take, and you get to learn how he tapped into the wisdom and power of the unseen worlds for guidance and inspiration. I had the opportunity to interview him, and he was a lovely guest on the Path 11 podcast, episode 343. Check it out. Listen to the podcast. Go buy the book. Again, it's The Necktie and the Jaguar by Carl Greer. To find out more information, go to his website, carlgreer.com. That's spelled C-A-R-L-G-R-E-E-R.com. Hi, and thanks for tuning in to the Path 11 Podcast. I am your host, April Hanna. At the Path 11 Podcast, we are here trying to deliver leading-edge research on consciousness, healing, and metaphysics. And just like you, we are trying to answer the big questions about life. Who are we? Why are we here? And what is our purpose? We hope by listening to our podcast, it will make each day you live on Earth a little easier to understand. And now for today's podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Path 11 podcast today. I am excited to introduce you to my next guest. He is a fellow seeker, very much like me, and he is also a host of a podcast that I actually had the opportunity to be on, which was really nice. So I wanted to invite him back on the Path 11 podcast. So my guest today is Will Rodriguez. He is the host of the Skeptic Metaphysician podcast. Like Mulder from the X-Files, he wants to believe. He embarked on a journey in discovery and has talked to a bunch of different people deeply entrenched in the spiritual, metaphysical, mental health, and self-help worlds. He has thrown himself into some weird and wonderful experiences and is sharing those experiences with his listeners on his podcast. And we're just going to kind of wing it today. I had such a great time on his podcast, Time Flew by so quickly. And I have a feeling that's going to happen today because we're just going to have a lot of fun and talk about a lot of cool things. So Will, welcome to the Path 11 podcast. Thanks, April. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, yeah. I'm so I'm so glad you had fun on the show. I, I had a blast. So I'm glad that it was reciprocated as well. Yeah. I actually invited Mike to come on because I thought it would be really fun to have the three of us talk because you reminded me a little bit of him. I don't know your full background, which I'm going to find out about, but the two of you both have like the same history of being in film and production and television. You're both seekers on the spiritual path. I was like, Mike, why don't you come on and talk to Will? Because I bet the two of you will have like some really fun moments together, but he was tied up and busy. So he's not here today, but that's okay. Yeah. So why don't we, let's start because I don't really know a whole lot about you. You know about me because I came on your podcast and, you know, talked about my life and stuff like that. So I would love to know just a little bit more about your background, the production and television stuff that you've been doing, and then why you decided to actually get into podcasting on spirituality. Sure. Uh, loaded topic, but let me try to keep this as, as concise as I can. Uh, I've been in the television world really my whole career. I started out as an, as an actor, actually, in theater, but then I'm not the tallest guy in the world. My agent said I really needed to be in film and television because I was shorter than a lot of leading men and it was difficult to cast in theater. So uh, I embarked on a, another journey, the, my first trip to get into television and film. I went to LA for a while, wasn't really a good fit, went down to Miami for a while, ended up back in New York and did a lot of, a lot of production assistant stuff, very entry-level type of 
production work when I first started. I started at uh, NBC and then moved to Telemundo when they purchased it. And I went to Miami again to help with that t- transition. I became a, I, I really, I did every position in the control room and in the studio, working my way up to eventually becoming a line producer for an, a live entertainment news uh, show on Telemundo daily. And then after a while, the stress was so incredible that I opted to leave broadcast television and create my own production company, which specialized in corporate video. At the time, that's when viral videos were first starting to be identified. And my corporate clients would ask, hey, can you create a a viral video for us? Well, my answer right away is always going to be yes, absolutely. And then go home and figure out what the heck is a viral video and how can I make it happen? So, uh, So I learned that you can't really make a viral video. You can make a video that you hope will go viral. So in my strategic mind, I was thinking, well, how can I stack the deck, right? So I created an online TV network called eyesonorlando.com. I think it's still out there now. I don't, I don't own it anymore, but the point of that was to create what we called branded content, which was um, content for my clients that was interesting for people to watch because they liked the content, but it was always wrapped around a brand message. So I reached out to bloggers in the, at the time, Orlando, Florida area and created video shows around their blogs. And what I did was, for example, Jay's Everyday Fashion had a, I believe her blog is still out there, millions of of uniques a month. We created a show about makeovers with her. And then she would go into people's closets and take a look at their closet and then take them shopping to try to make over their, their look and style. Well, where would she go shopping? Well, my client's boutique stops, right? So it became that, so we created content around that and slowly, but surely I expanded into other areas. And now I produce a whole lot of branded content in a whole lot of different areas. But because of the stresses that were so intrinsic in the stuff that I do, there was a time about a year and a half ago where it became so much that I literally had a absolute breakdown. And this is not something I'm proud to, to discuss, but I had always been interested in the metaphysical and the spiritual uh, realm. Even back in my Miami days, I, I, I did a lot of studies in Buddhism and Taoism and Reiki and really any type of spiritual modality I was looking into because I, I was looking for something that felt like home to me. Uh, I was always I'm petrified scared to death of death. So things like stories about life after death, which I know Path 11 really does a lot with, absolutely fascinated me. So I talked to a lot of people in that space, astral projection, I mean, all kinds of things that really were interesting to me. But then life got in the way and I moved away from all that. I became over the years, very closed off, very full of anger. It it was, it was, I was, it was, hmm, how can I say this in in a diplomatic way? I was, I became someone that I was not very fond of looking back on it now, back in, in the day, I thought I was great, this great guy, how, you know, how can no, how can anyone not like me? Ooh, yeah. I, yeah. So I had this breakdown, which then literally went, when someone says you need to piece yourself apart to put yourself back together in a better form, that's exactly what happened. And in my, the process of me piecing myself back together again, I rediscovered what was important to me. And that is that this world, the spiritual world, this metaphysical world, this not this three-dimensional world that we all live in, but something that's out there that's more than what we can see, feel, touch. But as a scientist, I've always needed that 
proof, that physical proof. I have to make sure that this is real and not something that's some fantasy in my mind. So I stood up the show as a way to explore these different modalities in a much more regimented way. I talked to people that are really entrenched in that world. So I've spoken to Reiki practitioners, intuitive healers, psychic mediums, astral projectors, Kundalini experts, people who really know that one modality to really explore and see, is this really real or is this just in my head? Because I've always looked for that, that thing I could hang my head on that can say, yes, I can feel it. I can touch it. It's real. There is something else out there besides this three-dimensional world. In these conversations, much as what happened with you when we were talking about Path 11 and, and all this, the life after death and things like that, we expand our conversation, went into all these other areas of spiritual awakening that I didn't really expect, but were so welcome because it helps me to really explore my thought processes and as a byproduct, my audience does as well. Yeah, lovely. Now, with the breakdown that you had, what, was it what one would consider a dark night of the soul? Was it part of a spiritual awakening? Maybe both? You know, was there depression and stress in there? Yes, 100%. It was, it was absolutely both, right? So we are, everyone talks about the fact that we are a three-body being, right? Body, mind, and soul. And I can say that all three were affected in a very severe way through this breakdown. I had a crisis of faith. I had a crisis of, of character. My body broke down. I went into deep, deep, deep depression, anxiety. I had to go, I had to become medicated. It, it was, it was a really, it was a crisis in, in every definition, which is the very best thing that could have happened to me because then I was able to look back and, and, and realize, wow, I, I'm living my life incredibly judgmental. I'm living my life very disconnected from spirit, from anything. I, I, I was just, there's nothing. Once we die, it's over. It's lights out, darkness, nothing, just non, non-existence. And this breakdown allowed me to go into my mental health space to help with my mind body. It allowed me to get back into a little bit more fitness regime, regime which allowed me to fix my body body. And then the spiritual world, this show helped me by remembering all the wonderful experiences and stories that I taught, I heard during my time in my Miami days when I was first looking into all these things and allowed me to now, I use it as a way to keep myself cemented in the best way to live. Yeah. It, isn't it really amazing how we can go through those dark nights. But like you said, it was probably the best thing that could have happened. And, you know, it's like when you just really get stripped down to that point of like, almost like your soul is so naked, right? It's like, it's just completely exposed and vulnerable in those moments. Yeah. They tend to be in everyone that I've ever talked to just really turning points in people's lives. And, you know, for you developing this podcast and, you know, like you said, keeping yourself rooted in it, reminded, I feel like this podcast does the same same thing for me, you know, it's like, it's just my world and I live in it all the time now. And I kind of get shocked a little bit sometimes when I run into people who, 
like aren't believers. And I have to like remind myself like, oh yeah, okay. I live in like a really safe bubble with all the people that come on my show. They're like, yes, you know, there's proof. There's this, there's that. Sometimes, you know, I'll run into people and it's like, oh yeah, no, Reiki's evil or enter this. There's no such thing after, you know, life after death. Absolutely. Funny enough, I actually had my, my the podcast was reviewed by one of those uh, podcast review shows out there. And uh, he, he, at the, the show usually is, you know, 30, 40 minutes. It was over an hour, I think an hour and a half on my show because not only did he review my show, but he, the entire time he's talking about how full of crap my guests were. And, and then went on this massive dissertation about it in where I, it's, you, you, I'm, I find you to be incredibly lucky because in my world where I live, I'm, I'm an island. There's not a lot of people that think in this way. So when I, part of the fun for me is connecting with like-minded folks like you that where we can actually have a conversation where people aren't look, rolling their eyes going, oh boy, here we go. We got another crazy guy on our hands. <laughs> but because I approach it in, a, in a, as, as pragmatic of a way as I can, it, I'm finding that people are listening to it that I never thought would listen to it. In fact, one of the shows that, one of my favorite shows, it, was, it, it became a two-parter. It was about astral projection. Someone that I've known for a very, very long time, when I, the time when I lived in Orlando, reached out to me and said, hey, so I'm scared to talk to you about this because I haven't said this to anybody, but here's my experience. It's like, oh, no, you've, you've got to come on the show to talk about this. This is, this is incredible. And she did, but she was very nervous about it because people still, there's a vast majority of people who still think that we're fringe. We are way out there and thinking outside the box and makes them uncomfortable. And that's, and that's a shame. So we approached the astral projection story that she had in a pragmatic, very scientific. She was trying to disprove it more than I was, but it, then it, it, it brings it, it opens it up to people who are not sure, but maybe want to know about it, but still think it's kind of malarkey, right? So it, it's, it's a non-threatening way to approach the subject. Yeah. Well, speaking about astral projection, I know that you know, on your kind of spiritual journey here, you've tried a bunch of different things. You've done energy healing, ghost hunting, uh, Wicca, astral projection. So while we're on the topic of that, I haven't really had a chance to talk about out-of-body experiences in quite a while. So I'd love to hear about yours and what has your experience been personally with astral projection? Yeah, so I've been fascinated with out-of-body experiences. I've always wanted to do it. I've read uh, Journeys Out of the Body by Bob Robert Monroe. I know the Monroe Institute. I mean, I've really tried to, I followed every single step. I laid and do the meditations. I tried to get, get that vibrational rate going and and pull peel myself out of my body. The only part that I've been able to do, and I, when I spoke to, to my guests about it, she asked, hey, have, have you experienced sleep paralysis? My answer was no. But as I started thinking about it after the interview, there was a, a good chunk of time in my early 20s where I, I would wake up and I physically could not move. I didn't put two and two together, but from what I'm understanding, that was sleep paralysis. And from what I'm also understanding, that's the first step towards this out-of-body experiences. So somewhere along the line, I stopped it. I stunted it. I think it's because I want it too much. I desperately want to fly out of my body. So I can tell you that, and Bob Monroe talks about it in his books, there is a, a sense of vibration. There is a loud whooshing. There is something that happens when you uh, align your vibrational rate in such a way that the, 
your spinal fluid actually changes vibration and it's the it's the rushing up and down of the spinal fluid that that gives that my guest on the show was talking about she was lying in bed and her husband said are you on the phone are you what what why are you the whole bed is vibrating so he felt it so the panel wow. pole, right it's not just an internal thing it's it's you can definitely feel it and then she literally rolled herself out of her body and then uh, for lack of a better term, flew into the next room, sat next to her dog, who was oblivious to her being there before she realized, oh my gosh, I'm literally out of my body. So my question is always going to be, okay, were you awake? Like, was it, was this real? Was this, is it something that you were hoping to happen? But no, she said it was absolutely completely real. And the second time she actually jolted out of her body the whole thing where you, you look down and you see your body down below and she rushed into the living room and she was just about to go through, they have a big picture window in her living room and she was just about to go through that. And all of a sudden she realized she thought in her head, I can't, I'm going to break the, the, the glass. I can't go through the window and stopped herself and immediately got pulled back into her body at the time. So it's interesting to me how even in the astral form, we're still thinking physically right because that's all we know right now so so that's what that's what interests me the most so as much as i would love to say to you that i've actually literally physically left my body i don't feel that i've done that at least not consciously yet but i'm working on it yeah i think you're probably in the space that a lot of people are you know who are really wanting to get out of the body and have this experience and they try too hard and you know i took a training in Tennessee with Tom Campbell who i'm sure you're familiar with his work too and you know he yes. helped set up the labs in the Monroe Institute and it was a meditation immersive with the binaural beats, right? And I would say half of the people there were there to have this out-of-body experience. And they were just trying so hard. I could care less about the out-of-body experience. I was just there to like learn this meditation technique, you know, how, how can I be a better healer? And I had probably one of the most profound like experiences with the creator during this meditation thing, you know, and everyone was kind of looking at me like, wow, I, I gotta, I wish I could have that. I'm like, guys, stop focusing on the out of body. Like there's so much more than just going out of body. But I've had a couple of, of out of body experiences. And Mike and I, when we were doing the film, when we spoke to William Buhlman, who is also an expert in out of body, he's written a ton of books about it and he gives techniques too. And recently in the past year, started teaching at the Monroe Institute after we kind of introduced him to everyone. It was kind of cool. He said that people can meet each other in the astral. So Mike and I were like, all right, you want to try it? Like, let's see if we can meet each other in like the dreamland, you know, in the astral plane. And we were successful one time. Were you really? Yeah, we ended up, I think if I say this is why I wish he was here. From what I remember, you know, we both like, I think it took us like almost a week. We were both setting the intentions. We text each other, you know, beforehand and be like, all right, meet you in the astral. You know, nothing would happen. Nothing would happen. And then I think we both had a similar dream. Our experiences were a little bit different, but we both met on top of a roof of a house or some building. And I remember the next morning, I'm like, you were in my dream. Was I in your dream? You know, this is, this is what happened. And so he had a similar experience, but from his perspective, it was a little bit different, but we were both outside and I think on top of buildings, but what we saw looked different. That was really cool. That was Absolutely. fun. Absolutely. Super cool. Yeah. And I think something is to your point about allowing yourself to be immersed in the experience for if it, with you, with the meditation, for example, 
it makes a lot of sense, right? Wanting it too much is, is going to put a block on your ability to do it, where if you just relax and, and, but the whole thought of mindfulness and meditation is just to, just to let the experience happen and, and not have expectations as to what's going to come. Be okay with whatever comes. If nothing comes, it's okay too, right? Because right. you, you're building up to it. So that's, that's what I'm working on getting better at. Well, and the other thing that I realized too, without even realizing it until like many years later, is that, well, I mean, I once heard somebody say, we go out of body every single night, right? So we are out of body, it's just that we're craving the memory of it, right? Like we really want to see and feel it and experience it. Good point. But, you know, during my Reiki practice, and I'm not sure what your Reiki healing was like when you, you know, experienced Reiki, but, you know, I remember Tom Campbell saying, well, just set your intent with your intention. You can go anywhere in the universe. So I would play around in my Reiki sessions and I'd be like, okay, take me to a different planet. Show me aliens, you know, take me somewhere outside of Earth. And I would go, you know, and I was having experiences. I don't know if it classifies as the typical out of body. Like I wasn't raising above my body and looking down at myself, but I was out of body experiencing other worlds, you know, so it was, it was pretty cool. What have uh, your Reiki and healing experiences been like? So Reiki was the one thing that I finally said, yes, this is real. I, f I feel it. I can, I can definitely tell there's something different here. I was, you know, my whole life I've been a skeptic. I've been looking for things, but eh, we'll see if is this real or not. Well, everyone, we would be practicing our, our hand positions and things like that. And one by one or two by two, we'd be taken into another room to give, get our attunements. And when they came back, they would come back and put their hands on again to practice. And you'd see them all go, oh, well, ooh, well, and I'm like, oh, geez, here we go. Okay. Well, it's, it was my turn to go and I got the to close my eyes on my knees and got the two minutes and, and I came out. Okay. Now I'm going to go back and practice on the, on the person that's on the table. April. It was the most unbelievable. I literally, the minute I put my hands on that person, this rush of energy came out of my palms that it rocked my center to the core. I could not believe this is real. And then there's other ways that they, we did with the, with the bottle of water. It showed us that sure enough, it changes the molecular, just molecular structure of the water. So it tastes different, things like that. But the most profound experience I've had was when I was getting a Reiki treatment from my Reiki master and I spontaneously had a past life regression. Ah, All of a sudden I was, I don't know, a, a, a eight-year-old girl. I was around that age group and I was being, uh, my hands were being tied behind my back in a tent and I was being taken out somewhere. It was night and I could feel, I could see the fire and I could feel the heat in my, on my, on my face as I got closer to find that my teacher, and now we're heading into the Wicca thing, my teacher, my Wicca teacher, my, my high priestess was being burned at the stake. Wow. And I couldn't stand it. It was just, it wasn't just me. There was several other little girls there with me and I could not stand to see my high priestess being burned. So I actually threw myself into the fire. And it was one of these things where you, when you feel right, you don't feel the pain, thankfully, because at that point, then I left my body, but it was, it was one of the, if it, if it was a dream, then, then make it all come that way. Cause I, I could smell the the embers. I could feel the fire on my skin. It was so incredibly vivid to me that when I came out of that meditation, when after the Reiki was, was completed, tears were streaming down my face. I literally had to take my teacher aside and say, Hey, this is what I experienced. And she said, oh, that's amazing. To this day, I can't be around bonfires. 
Right. Really? Yes. It was a, truly, truly outstanding. So that, that's probably my, my most profound experience with Reiki in that sense where, where it took me somewhere. That's so interesting. And she was your Reiki teacher in this lifetime? She was. So isn't that interesting too? Because you know that we talk about like reincarnation and reincarnating, reincarnating with the same soul group and that healing and you seeing that, having that vision and sharing it with her. Sounds like it could have brought healing to her to understand why she can't be around bonfires. It could be. It, I got the impression that she had experienced it before. She was aware of it. And that's that's why, or maybe because she was worried about fire, she looked into it. And and you're right. Maybe maybe I was the one who brought it to her attention. I'm, I don't know. But, but it built this cool bond that we had that I don't know who else around here has been with you before, but you and I, we've been together before. Mm-hmm. Which leads me into my next story where we talk, you, talk, you mentioned that in your intro that I threw myself into, into Wicca. It was, well, I, I, I've done it in the past. Maybe it'll speak to me now. So I did join a coven for a while. And part of the, the oaths that you take when you're joining, it, it all talks about if you reveal the secrets, uh, all your tools will, will turn on you. So it's, they, they really... They, they try to keep the secrets to themselves for lots of different reasons. But there is a, there's an apprenticeship period of, of 13 months that you go where you, you're not entered into the inner circle. You are an apprentice and you are on the outer circle and you're not introduced to the biggest mysteries of Wicca until you have, I don't want to say proven yourself loyal, but, but you've learned certain things, whether it's history, different rituals, and you know exactly how to call the corners. Uh, the, the quarters and all that kind of stuff. But it's when you're initiated at the 13th month, when you were really, a re- your mysteries, a lot of the mysteries are revealed. You do work with pentagrams as an, as a, as an apprentice, but you learn the true representation of the pentagrams and why and how to use them in different ways. It, it mind blowing in a lot of ways, but in a lot of ways showed me, yep, not really my path in this life. It might've been in the past, but not in this life. Yeah. I'm trying to think who I, oh, it might've been in the class I was recently taking where the teacher was talking about how we could be drawn to certain things that we did many, many times in past lives. But sometimes like what you're saying, that's not supposed to be our path in this lifetime, but we'll feel so drawn to it, you know, that we have to stay open to possibly doing other things or trying other things that feel way off course and not too familiar because, yeah. you know, we, we could, you know, come back and, you know, do that over and over and over again, but there's still more for you to learn, but we can, you know, feel drawn. So that's, that's interesting too. Yeah. A great way to put it. Absolutely. Cause I was absolutely 100% drawn to Wicca and there's different types of Wicca, right? A lot, a lot of different traditions. This one was very Celtic where there are shop with, with very shamanistic mixed in because the high priestess had a, her ethnicity was part, I forgot what, what tribe she was with, but she was American, a Native American, part of her was Native American, part of her was Asian, uh, really interesting mix. So, so it was a Celtic shaman, shaman mix of tradition that we practiced in that coven. Really super interesting. But I learned when I was in there that there's an Irish Wicca and there's a British Wicca and there's all these different traditions in, and it's really, it's, it's paganism, right? It's a different, it's a different type of religion that speaks to different people. It's the oldest religion in the world, but 
maybe because of it, it developed into all these different traditions. They have a running threat through them all, but they are each a little different, right? The Druidism and I mean, it, it, Wicca is the religion. Paganism is really the, the overall classification behind all these different practices. Mm, yeah. Yeah, there's some like pagan traditions. I remember I interviewed a couple of witches on the podcast, you know, and some of them are just, they're just beautiful ceremonies, you know, with the moon and, you know, stuff that people normally do, but maybe they wouldn't call it, you know, witchcraft or or Wiccan. But, you know, there's a lot of different ceremonies based in that tradition. Yeah. Drawing down the moon is a, is a big thing in, in, in Wiccan. Wiccan, you know, you hear all the uh, drum circles. Drum circles are big, are big Wiccan uh, tradition and pagan, pagan ritual. But yeah, the, and it's really all about crafting your own rituals because at the end of the day, it's all about focusing your intention to make something happen. The, the image that, that my high priestess at the time gave to me that helped me tremendously is take a, the flame of a candle. And if you look really closely out of the, at the very top of the flame of the candle, there's a little plume of smoke heading up into the ether, right? What we're doing is we're trying to set our, the same thing as a candle. We are setting our intention so that a little plume of smoke goes out into the ether to manifest whatever it is. So in order to make that happen, we have to focus all of our energies into this particular thing. And of course, if you have more than a traditional coven is 13 members. So if you have 13 people actually focusing on the same intention at the same time, by focusing your mind, by creating these rituals, that by all of us doing them together, it helps us focus on that one manifestation. It's incredibly powerful. I mean, look at the it, organized religion with the Catholicism or Christianity, where where there's uh, more than one praying in my name, I'll be there. Right? It's it's the the, the reason why churches come together to pray together, right? To th there's power in group prayer. Same general principle. And in fact, funny things I learned when I was um, pledging, I guess I, I call it, 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 not really that, but so many things that I took for granted as growing up Catholic that came from pagan rituals that I wasn't aware of. Yeah. Blew my mind when you start <laughs> looking into that kind of stuff and, you know, Pope Constantine and all the stuff that he, that, that, that he brought to that religion to help make it easier for pagans for, and, and, and a pagan really means country folk, right? Pagans to come to his religion, make it easier for them to make it familiar to them. Amazing. I mean, Easter bunny is, is Ostara. Easter is in Wiccan is, is Ostara. It's the, it's the fertility, right? The maypole is, is a pagan tradition that, that kids use. I mean, there's so much, I don't want to get into this, you know, religious um, debate, because I'm sure a lot of folks might be really offended by some of the things that I would say, but I, don't, I mean, no, absolute no offense whatsoever. I just found it fascinating how it's really, we're all saying the same thing. Exactly. You can see the parallels and everything. Yeah. yeah. Saying the same thing, we're just saying it in different ways. And that's the thing that I'm trying to get across to, to my listeners as much as possible. Yes, there's all these different modalities. Right? But we're all trying to get to the same place. It doesn't matter if you choose Wicca or if you choose astral projection or if you choose Catholicism. It doesn't matter. Just pick a path that speaks to you and move in that direction because it, it all paths lead to the same place.
That's right. Pick a path. Pick path 11 TV, right? Path, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Pick path good. 11. Yeah. yeah. So tell us a little bit more about your podcast, because I'd really like to highlight that too. What year did you start it? When? Yeah. How long has it been running? Funny enough, it's it just, I, I launched it in February of this year. Okay. It was this year. Okay. I thought it was rather new. I wasn't sure what, when the actual month was. It was, it was February of this year and I've, I've released an episode a week. So now I think we're at, I just released my 20th episode, I, I believe it is. And it, it, we, we touched on it a little bit, but it's really meant to be an entry point for people who are curious about this stuff, but aren't all in. Mm-hmm. It's a non-threatening way to explore different things. I don't, I don't say these are facts. I say these are this guest's facts. And I invite the audience to come along with me to discover. The one thing that I've learned through my year and a half of transformation that just, I just came through is that I, I need to discover. I'm going to be in, on this path for the rest of my life. I don't believe that anything that anyone tells me is malarkey. If you believe it, hey, I'm on board to say, woohoo, I'm glad that you believe it. It may not be resonating with me, but maybe it resonates with other people out there. And that's what I'm trying to focus on this, uh, on yeah. the show, on you know, the messaging. Yeah. I mean, I've had some really interesting guests on the podcast now. We've been doing it for quite a few years. And there's been some shows where I'm like, what? This is bullshit. I don't know. Come on. This is <laughs> way too far out there. But I had to I had to look at that whenever I would have that reaction, I would say, okay, is this triggering a belief system that you have? And can you open up a little bit more? And like you've said, okay, well, they believe it and this is their experience. Can I remain open to the possibility? Even if, like you said, it may not resonate with me. I'm like, okay, this is like way too like UFO aliens conquering the world, this, that, and the other thing. There's an alien war going on. I mean, I don't know, you know, some of it, but then like years later, I remember taking a training in angelic Reiki and there was a whole thing on like the Anunnaki aliens and this and that and kind of got a little more deeper into the alien races. And I was like, oh, maybe that person wasn't so far out there. Maybe there is something, you know, to this. But I wasn't really ready to hear it at the time. I was just like, OK, it, all right. Very similar story. I had Leora Leone on the show. She's a, a, a really uh, unbelievable psychic medium channeler, um, past life regression therapist. She, we started talking, we were, we were talking about uh, all of a sudden she went off on what you're talking about aliens and other dimensions. And I was, what are you talking about? Holy, this is not at all what I expected us to talk about. And not only that, but what are you talking about? Right. Later on at the more I'm going into this world for lack of a better term, I'm finding, oh, that's what Leo, she was so far beyond what I was ready for at the time when I interviewed her that I really, I want her to come back. I want to talk to her again and say, okay, Leora, now I'm on the same page as you are. Let's talk about these aliens. Let's talk about this stuff because I get it now. There's so much out there. My fear is that because there's so much out there, it's a barrier to people going into it because, oh, I'm going to get overwhelmed with what do you mean there's aliens and, and dimensions and different nexus points? And what, what do you talk? Is this an episode of Loki? I mean, it's, it's, it, it, it may be, it turns people off. So I'm hoping to work my way up to that conversation. 
but I also don't limit my guests to what, whatever, wherever spirit sends our conversation, there's somebody out there that for some reason is supposed to hear this. So let it happen. Let it, let it come. I wasn't ready for the message yet. I'm ready now. So I've gone back and listened to that episode a couple of times after that in the, in the last couple of weeks. And it is so surprising to me that the message that I did not get then, I'm getting now. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. And there's a, another teacher of mine who talks about that, where the way that he explained it to me is that you can only get where your level of consciousness is at that moment in time. And like you could, like you did, listen back to the same teacher, you know, a couple of times at different times in the year and then three years later, and then you'll understand it at a much deeper level because your own consciousness has advanced, you know? Yeah. So I know that your podcast is a little new and you have about 20 episodes and she might've been the, the current guest that blew you out of the water, but was there any other guest? that you've had on that you felt was just like, wow, you know, kind of had you buzzing afterwards or really kind of shocked you with the information? Yeah, we talked about astral projection and sleep paralysis. We talked about our conversations about a life after death in Path 11 was was really, I don't want to say life-changing, but it really set me on a path that I wasn't ready for, but I am now. So it's it's really super, and I, and I thank you. I have to thank you because remember I mentioned earlier on that was always petrified of, of death. Well, since our conversation, I've, I've actually been watching some Path 11 stuff and listening to your podcast. And it, it's helped me to develop this sense of more peace that whether or not it's real life after death, it doesn't matter if I'm open to the fact that, you know what, it, maybe it is real. And if it's not, I'm not going to know any, any better. I'm not going to know any different. So, so why not go through life optimistic and with joy and love that there is something after this world because that just makes me feel happier and more comfortable. Wow. That so, makes me so happy to hear that. Yay. Wow. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. Probably my latest episode that I just released a couple of days ago is astrology. Now, I'm one of those people that I, you know, you read the newspaper, you read your horoscope every day or whatever you come across and you go, yeah, that could be me or that could be just anybody, really. Honestly, it's so vague that it's just, eh. So I've always been kind of, eh. I've always felt that there was, astrological signs did tend to give me a good thumbnail of someone's personality in a very general sense. Right. Yep. I'd agree. Yeah. So I know if you're, if you're a, a Leo, this is really how overall your basic personality traits are going to be. If you're a Gemini, you're this way. But I don't think I ever really believed it foretold your future or really helped you to live your life or anything like that until I had a conversation with Jasmine Kylene, who was an astrologer. And, and not just, that's not giving her justice. She is so much more than that. Astrology is just one of the, natal charts is just one of the things that she does. She and I, like you and I, didn't know at all of each other at all. There's really nothing online on Google that you can find about who I am, specifically personality traits and things like that. So it wasn't like she could do any research. All I did was I gave her my date of birth, my time of birth, and my place of birth. She looked, she told me on the show when I was interviewing her, just half hour before we came on the show, she looked at my chart just very briefly and proceeded to nail me 
<laughs> so precisely things that nobody has ever nailed or knew about me that I was just so completely floored and flabbergasted. This is something, this is a pseudoscience to me, right? This is not real. This is how can Neptune being in the place in, in, in the space shape how I'm going to react to certain circumstance. It, it's just not possible. Oh, if it's not possible, I, I got to tell you, I think that conversation helped me to open my mind more in when we talk about discovery about, you know what, maybe it's not resonating with me, but, but it is true for you than almost anything else. Because a pseudoscience, what I thought was a pseudoscience made me take a look at myself, the deepest, darkest corners of myself. We didn't share all of the conversation we had on the show because there's some things that made me, that shook me to my core to the point where, oh, there's no way I can release this because things that I didn't even want to admit to myself mm. came out. Mm -hmm. April blew my mind. If you have an opportunity to listen to that show, I I would, I would. Oh, I will. I will. Yeah. I love it when I have astrologers come on. I can't wait for them to read my birth chart and, you know, cause they all read it a little different. And I had, this is a, another woman that you might want to have on Jana Romer. She's a meditation teacher. I found her through Insight Timer and she does, oh my gosh, she combined it to like yoga nidra and astrology together, like created her own thing. But what we did was she took my birth chart and took the time of my mother's death in my mom's birth chart and looked at them together. And it was crazy. I mean, the whole call was crazy. Like Mike ended up editing it out, editing out a lot of stuff. But I think my mom was coming through like in the radio waves. We had like really weird stuff happen while she was like going into it. But same thing, like I still don't get or know what she means by any of it. But there was something like with your Uranus and the North Node and my mom's North Node and my North Node were like at the same spot. I'm like, I don't know what that means. But she was like blown away. She's like, that's really weird. And I feel the same way. It's like, how do these planets dictate and these astrologers can see this? And it's written in the stars, you know? <laughs> yes. Yes. It's smile. Yeah. yeah. So I'm finding that I, I'm no longer willing to say, yeah, that's bullshit. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not willing to do that anymore because uh, and I, and I, I should have known because Wayne Dyer said it in his book, the 10 success, 10 secrets of success, be open to everything and shut nothing out. Right. Be, be, put it this way. If in this world, you believe in manifestation, right? If you believe in manifestation, that if you, your thoughts are powerful enough to bring things into, into your current reality, like we create our own reality, how, how would it not be possible to have these things be real to that particular person that believes it? If you believe it so strongly, how could it not be real because you have made it happen, right? Mm -hmm. When I talked and I talked to the latest guests that I had, we were talking about the runes, which was fascinating as well. We talked about quantum physics and Schrodinger's cat, right? It's it, it, it in quantum physics, Schrodinger's cat is a is a hypothetical experiment where there's a cat in a box, and you don't know whether the cat is alive or dead until you open the box. So there's a point in time when the cat is both alive and dead because of quantum physics. So quantum physics. Quantum physics allows us to think of these things as real or not real. So if you believe in it, it you're going to be opening yourself up more to the possibility of it being real to you or to get, get these experiences that prove that this is real. If you're closed off and saying this is bullshit, 
there's no, there's no way the universe is going to go, hey, wake up. It is until you're ready for it because no matter how it, it, right. you can break through that. Right. Absolutely. I'm learning and, I, and, I'm, and I'm excited because I'm finding that this is going to be a lifelong process for me, lifelong process of discovery. And I'm excited. I'm, hey, universe, bring it. What do you got? <laughs> what do you got? Because I'm super excited about it. Yeah, I would say, you know, my my journey probably started much earlier than 2008. But once Mike and I got together to create Path 11, same thing. I'm like, okay, this is now my life. This is the lifelong journey. Just when I think I know, like, what this is all about, I don't know anything yet. (laughs) I can't (laughs) believe it. I'm still learning more. So this was so much fun, Will. I'm so glad that you came on and, you know, just wanted to thank you again for having me on your podcast. I'm so happy I got to, you know, just share with you. I feel like we should get together like a couple of times a year and just have like this, this podcaster talk on spirituality, you know. I would so love fun. that. Absolutely. What we're learning and share guests. And, and I'll tell you too, you know, my listeners, and you might want to reach out to your listeners too. My listeners will sometimes bring me guests. They'll be like, Hey, April, have you ever heard of so-and-so? I would love to hear you interview that person. So um, sometimes our listeners are like our best referral source for people that we should get on the on the show. And hopefully you'll be able to, you know, take some of the guests that I've had. I'm going to see who you're interviewing and see if I can get them on, you know the show here too. And it's just been a great collaboration since we met and uh, let people know how they can find your podcast one more time, give them the name and uh, hopefully they will, they will download it and start listening. We would, we would welcome you to subscribe to the show. It's called the skeptic metaphysician. It's on all major podcasting platforms, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, the whole deal. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at the skeptic metaphysician. I also have a SpeakPipe account, which is where people can actually leave me voicemails. It's speakpipe.com slash skeptic metaphysician. Trying to make it as easy as I can. And I, I do love hearing from people, whether it's on social media or via voicemail or by email. I'm, I'm open. Yes. And you're right. I've gotten great guests from other, from past guests, as well as from the audience. So, and, and I, and they do just like the, what we call Bess, who told the story of Astro Projection. She came to me because she wanted to tell her story. I welcome anyone out there that has a remarkable story that you want to share. I'm looking for that. I want those stories that make people go, whoa, right? I'm about to interview someone uh, later today, actually, who specializes in lucid dreaming, but he's got a a remarkable story about lucid dreaming and out-of-body experiences. When he sent it to me, I said, no, no, you've got to come on the show to talk about it. So yeah, I thank you for the opportunity to be on the show and to speak to, to your audience because you're right, the collaboration has been wonderful. And it was an absolute pleasure having you on the show. And it's been just as equal of a pleasure to be on yours. So thank you very much for for Oh, coming. you're welcome, Will. Yes, I know. And we're going to forge a nice little friendship moving forward here. I know it. So it's great. So I will definitely be in touch. We will put all the links in the show notes for you guys. I am so excited in these next couple of months to be able to introduce you to new podcasters other spirituality podcasts that you can listen to and download and continue on your spiritual path. So Will Rodriguez, everyone, thank you so much and take care, everyone. Until next time. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. If you haven't already, please subscribe and rate and review the Path 11 podcast in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, this podcast is made possible by our sponsor, Path 11 TV. 
Visit Pavel11TV.com to start a seven-day free trial and start streaming over 100 hours of exclusive video content on consciousness, healing, and life after death. That's Pavel11TV.com, and be sure to use coupon code PODCAST30 to take 30% off your annual membership. Start satisfying your spiritual curiosity with a membership to Path 11 TV today. Bye for now.